Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to another episode of the Orange Weekly Pre-Game Podcast. That's right, we're here, David and myself are here to break down the game against Kansas City after coming off of a, a pretty good divisional win uh, against obviously a divisional opponent and a much needed divisional win going into a, a stretch of divisional games. Uh, both David and I were at that game. David, how do you feel about where we're sitting right now going into a Sunday night game against Kansas City, but in general in the AFC West? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, like, honestly, I want to feel so good about it. I really do. Because, uh, man, if you, if you went back to October or August, or June, or whatever, and told me the Broncos on December 3rd are going to be playing the Chiefs for a a chance to be in first place in the AFC West. I'd be like, great, sign me up. Let's do it any day of the week. Because, you know, I'm thinking, you know, at least before the season starts, if you tell me that, I'm thinking the Broncos are... Are eight and three? They're nine and two, something like that. <laughs> if they're if they're competing with the Chiefs for first place by now, uh, not so much. Not the way the season is going for anybody. Uh, I was about to say that's not just that's not an AFC West thing. That nope. seems like a league thing right now. Yeah, yeah very inconsistent <laughs> league wide on a week to week basis for a lot of teams. But man, I I don't know. I don't know what the what these Denver Broncos are right now. And I like the, the the week that I make a declarative statement is the week that they always melt down. So I'm not doing it this week, Darren. That's it's we're definitely sitting in one of those situations where I've been hurt before. And and I think we're all in that, especially, you know, the Cowboys game was huge. Everyone was like, that's the Broncos we know and love. That's the team. And then we come out and lose to a Philly team. And then we come out and do very have a bye, come out and do very well against this this uh, Chargers team, and and now we're going into a, a flexed night game to flex us into the night game against Kansas City in Arrowhead. So that's the other thing. Everybody was talking a lot of crap about that last game because we haven't been doing so hot at home. Uh, maybe it's just me. Maybe I just need to go to more games and uh, and we'll be fine. But either way, uh, as we get ready to break this down, you guys just need to sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news. All right, guys, as you all know, we are sponsored by the one and only Draft Kings. I'm sure you guys have been loving the action packed, high scoring NFL games of this season. And this week's no brainer from Sportsbook, you guys got to take it. If you bet just $1 on any team to score, any team, you don't have to pick a, a certain game, just any team to score. And they score, you win $100 in free bets. That's it. It's that easy. If you're like me and Sportsbook is not available in your state, you can still get in on all the NFL action. You can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. What we need you to do is download that DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code TPPN. That's TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score, and you win $100 in free bets if they score. If they score, you score with 
promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 years or older and betting states only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. All right, David. We're here. We're here. We got flexed to a night game. This is our second night game of the season. Uh, we didn't do so hot on the first night game. Um, no. Let's just let's just remember that it was a short week uh, against Cleveland. However, this has got a lot of implications, and there's been a lot of talk around Broncos country, specifically with the players, as you're talking to the coaches and players after practices about the importance of not just winning this game to win the AFC West. And this is another thing we were talking about the discrepancy in the NFL. This is literally the difference between first and last place in the AFC West. This isn't like between first and second. If we lose this game, we're dropped down to last place in the AFC West. How can we, can we overstate the importance of this game right now? Well, sure. Cause yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, if you win the game, yeah, you're in first place in the AFC West, but you still got four division, no three division games to go. Uh, the rest of the season after this game, no matter what happens. I guess um, I'm more asking, like, can we overstate the importance that we have to win this game? I, I guess <laughs> I just, when you say have to win this game in, for, in order for what to happen, in, in order for there to be like a chance, you know, an improved chance of the Broncos appearing in the playoffs uh, in order for Vic Fangio to save his job. What are the what are the stakes here? Both. I mean, Vic Fangio to save his job, I think, comes down to this game. And I, I think that the only chance to make the playoffs is if we get at least two. We're we're one and one in the AFC West right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Kansas City basically back to back. We have them this week. We have a break and then we have them again yeah. um, in Denver. And I think we walk away with this win. That is our that's a good shot that we're going to make the Like our, our odds of making the playoffs significantly increase. But if we lose this game, our odds of making the playoffs decrease so much that it's almost like out of reach. You're but right. you, you know me, though we're not mathematically eliminated, but but it's almost out of reach. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it kind of stinks that this is the game that that hinges on because I, you know, I just I think the Broncos in some universe and maybe this universe still are a wild card team this year um, just because of the high variance in the NFL. Um, but you know, that that's it. There's about four or five other teams in the AFC who, you know, fit in that spot where it's like, all right, you could, you, you know, it could come down to the final week versus of, you know, them getting in or maybe even winning their division or just being out completely. Um, and so I think right now what I'd be focused on for the Bronx, if I was the Broncos is just get all of that completely out of your mind, forget about all of it doesn't mean anything and i think that i mean this is the way we've heard them talk all year is go one and oh this week that's all you're gonna do you're playing the kansas city chiefs your goal is to go one and oh this week focus on that uh david you know i'm supposed to be the coach of the podcast that's supposed to be it. my I get it. yeah that's supposed I get to, it. We're, we're supposed to be fans right now we're fans and understanding the importance of a sunday night game a primetime game and uh another part of this too is just not getting embarrassed on national television would be would be kind of nice. Well, and I'll tell you, most of what I was just saying is me dancing around the fact that I don't, I just, we don't know which Broncos team's going to show up at this point. Right. And it could be a real embarrassment on national television. Uh, you know, I, it's a good, it was a good flex for the NFL 
but we all know that it was a good flex because they had Patrick Mahomes in a divisional game. And it wouldn't really have mattered, I think, which opponent in the division they were playing this week. If it had been a divisional game for Kansas City, that's the game they would have flexed into the Seattle-San Francisco spot um, because they wanted to put Patrick Mahomes on TV. So I think the Broncos are kind of a sacrificial lamb almost in that regard. And I think they're in a really good position to come out and show people that they're not that team right now. But if it's the team that came to play against the Eagles, they're definitely that team right now. And they're going to get pants by 30 points. So, I, you know, it's just, it's really important that Did they you just say the Broncos are going to get pantsed by, by 30 points. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's really important that they come out and they play the kind of defense that they played against Dallas, against Washington, uh, against the Chargers uh in you know tighten it up on the run defense and for, against Kansas City especially you know do what you've been doing all season in the past you know drop to rotate your coverages uh keep the plays in front of you don't give up the big stuff and let it unfold from there uh, well, know. let's let's start right there, David. Let's go ahead and start right there on our defense and the Kansas City offense. Obviously, Pat Mahomes very we we know the no look left handed diving away from Von Miller pass oh so very well. Um, obviously, we can limit those if we can contain him. But let's talk Ooh. about the matchups. Let's talk about the big boys up front first of all. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, not sorry, uh, Creed Humphrey as a center is the number one center in the league right now. Uh, that interior defensive lineman, yeah. Uh, that interior defensive or offensive line is going to be very, very hard to get through, and it's going to have, be big on, it looks like, what Shelby Harris is probably going to be back, and we'll talk about the injury front here in a minute, but Shelby Harris possibly being back, the interior defensive line needs to be able to try to get pressure, because if we try to get it from the outside, there's only one or two ways that, uh, if we try to get from the outside, there's a lot of ways that uh, Pat Mahomes can take off to, so we need to get that interior pressure, and right now, uh, rookie Creed Humphrey is just absolutely killing it. Well, and that's why I think, you know, I've, I've been listening to a little bit of the national talk about what this game is going to look like. And some of the fo- talk on the Chiefs has been focused on, uh, you know, obviously they're coming out of their bye week this week. What if they come out of their bye week and finally say, okay, we'll commit to running the ball and commit to this short underneath stuff. And we'll run our offense that way and we'll try to win games that way. And if they do, that could really be the Achilles of this Denver defense. Um, they've shown this year to not be the best run defense in the league. Um, they've shown it recently, again, with that that Eagles game. Um, to be honest with you, Los Angeles didn't really try to run the football that that earnestly. Like, you know, there was yeah. not really a, a real honest attempt to, to establish that run in that game. Um so we, you know, I think they'd be vulnerable to that. You know, Kansas City hasn't done that all year. Um, you know, they've their quarterback has gone on record saying he doesn't like to play that way, at least in the passing game. Um, <laughs> so I, I have no, I really no idea what to expect offensively for Kansas City. What they like to do plays into Denver's hands really well. It, it would require a massive change, but if they did change tactics that way, it could be a really a real vulnerability for the Denver defense. Um, Shelby Harris coming back is going to help. I think, uh, you know, we've got, we've got reinforcements kind of coming in on that, on those injury, on that injury front. Um, Kareem Jackson, Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons, some of the best, uh, safeties in the league at, at coming up and run support. Um, so you've, you've definitely got tools there to, to help stop the run, but 
yeah, it, it, it could be really interesting to see. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for the Chiefs uh, has been missing time with a stomach illness this week, but he it sounds like he'll be – they expect him to be able to go. Do you – what do you think, Jared? Do you think uh, – is there another X factor on this? You know, obviously it sounds ridiculous to ask that because it's Kansas City's offense. Um, but, you know, Tyreek Hill under 10 yards a catch – well, hey, let's be before we go to us. Hey, well, slow down. We're still talking well, about the big guys, David. You're you're, you're moving on a little quick here right now. All right, let's talk about the right tackle um, and Lucas Nyang not playing. We haven't oh, mentioned yeah. that yet. So their their starting right tackle is out, and their backup is in for this game. And I think that's going to be a huge impact. And I think that's going to help a lot, especially Malik Reed and Bradley Chubb on the outside. Whoever's rushing on that side might have a little bit of an advantage there, uh, specifically in the passing game if they do end up having to pass back. And you. We all know Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, they can say all day that they're going to establish the run if they want to, but Patrick Mahomes is going to throw 35 times. Like, it's just going to happen. So I, if we can if we can get to Patrick Mahomes and get him flustered, which is what other teams have been doing, this isn't the in- unstoppable Patrick Mahomes that we've seen uh, of, ye- of years past. Now we're talking about a guy that we could actually get to, and I, and I think he's one of those guys, and this might be one of those games that we might be able to get pressure. But I think that's our key in the passing game as we get ready to move on. I agree with you in the run game. Uh, it, it, if they if they establish the run, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has 35 rushes, or him and his whoever the other guy is uh, as his backup is running uh, 35, 40 times a game. It might be a little bit difficult if they if they can eat up four to five yards, three to four yards a game uh, per touch. It's going to be very difficult. Um, to, to stop this offense. Now, if they go back to the old Kansas City, I think we have a little bit of an advantage there. So, it, but we have to be able to get pressure with four. And that's, yeah. and then you going back to what we saw, we had talked about before, we don't know which Broncos are going to show up. The Broncos against Dallas, the Broncos against uh, uh, the Chargers, both of those we, we sent four and we could get a little bit of pressure on both those quarterbacks. Uh, for whatever reason, Philly and, and Las Vegas, we couldn't get pressure sending eight and it right. was just it was just kind of a weird combination of and it's not like either one of those offensive lines are really stand out offensive lines so yeah super difficult to tell which which Broncos are going to show up but I think that's where that's where we win so now David we can move out to the outside okay. let's talk about Tyreek Hill okay. the speedy Gonzalez of Tyreek Hill what you got well so he's under 10 yards a catch this season um which I think would be the first time in his career if he finished with those numbers this Kansas City offense is just super interesting this year. Patrick Mahomes has thrown 11 interceptions already. Um, it's just the, the teams that have been dropping back and playing these two deep safety coverages against them, um, which they're facing 70 more than they're facing that coverage more than 70% of the time is a too high safety look. Um, yeah. It's really affected what they want to do as an offense. Um, you still got Travis Kelsey making a bunch of catches, taking underneath stuff making yards after the catch, and we all know what kind of threat he has, especially against Denver, what kind of games he historically has against the Broncos. Um, so, you know, it, it, there's just not that explosiveness to this Kansas City offense. That's why, you know, I think that's why you saw them bring in Josh Gordon, which was a little bit of a desperation play, honestly. But, yeah, they're, they're really missing that big play element to their offense th- this season. Uh, it's because of the way teams are playing them. Uh, so you hope like Pat, you hope guys like Patrick Sertan and Ronald Darby can get good matchups this game. Uh, Caden Stern's probably going to play a lot. To, still, you've got uh, Kareem Jackson probably able to come back from injury, like we said. So I would expect to see a lot of DBs rotating in and out of this game. 
uh, or playing at the same time in a nickel in you know nickel and dime sets. It, it's it's I I think we're going to see a lot of different kind of kind of looks out of Vic Fangio this week. Um, a lot of you know what he likes to do normally. Um, you know yeah yeah playing one coverage on one side of the field, playing a different coverage on the other side of the field, mixing things up. Um, I don't think he, I, I and in probably inviting the run. I, I don't think they're going to load the box up too much. I think they're going to, like you said, try to get pressure with four, try to keep those linebackers back in zones, um, and and really make things difficult for the Chiefs' pass defense. And so, here's my question for you because this this is where it gets frustrating for me uh, on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen quite a bit of man coverage, uh, and if not man coverage, kind of a pseudo man, kind of a cover two man kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, man on one side. What player on the defensive side for the Broncos would you not be super mad at if we found that they were covering man-on-man Travis Kelsey? Well, Pat Sertan, for sure. But um, at what point – like, I, I agree. And, and so this is this is my point, right? So in the offseason and in the, in the draft, we went out to get Patrick Sertan. Everyone was like, hey, we got that big physical corner who's fast. He could play corner. He could play inside. This would be awesome. But now with Fuller playing less than stellar this year, we'll just right. say that right. less than stellar this year, we can't have we can't afford Patrick Sertan not to be. And I'll I'll sit here and say it. Patrick Sertan's our number one corner. Sure, with Ronald Darby and all, I I think Patrick Sertan's our number one corner. Sure, we can't afford to have Patrick Sertan not play against someone like Tyreek Hill. Well, and you know it's obviously going to be. Um, a scenario where you're not seeing any of these guys match up one on one against you know any of the Kansas City weapons for the whole game. There's going to be like to hope so. No, no, yeah, it's it's not going to happen that way. They're going to have Pat Sertan on him at times. They're going to have Ronald Darby on him at times. They're going to have Caden Stern. Oh, you mean Justin one Sinner. person shadowing? No, no, no. no. What, I, what I'm saying is is when yeah. Travis Kelsey inevitably right. gets that 30 yeah. yard third down and 50. Right, right. Thir- exactly. Third down and 20. Third down and 20. He gets a 30 yard catch because that's what we do. Who's covering him? And at what point is Broncos country going to be like, uh, okay, he just made a good play? Because I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know. I it, like because it, 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 that's the thing. It could be anybody, but like you, I I don't know that it's going to happen either. Because I I I have faith in a lot of these guys to be able to do that. And I'm kind of excited to see, like, I, I kind of want to see how Caden Stearns matches up or Baron Browning, if those linebackers ever get get matched up against the tight end there. I, I'm really excited to see what those matchups end up being because it'll just be more evidence, for, uh, more, you know, more tape against really good players for the young members of this secondary and this defense. Yeah. So another thing we haven't mentioned, talking about Caden Stearns, Kareem Jackson looks like he's probably – at, 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 the, like at this point playing, yeah. on Friday night, it uh, looks like he's trending towards playing. So having Caden Stearns, I like having Caden Stearns the nickel package with Kareem Jackson. I like them both out there. Yeah. Um, and and it'd be it'd be nice to see that. And again, we, we like to send Caden Stearns on uh, blitzes in those mm-hmm. nickel packages. So that'd be nice to see as well. Um, yeah. and, and he might be that guy. We, we, you saw it against uh, Lamar Jackson uh, in Baltimore. You might see it with a very similar play, a quarterback play type in Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, let's one more one more thing. Uh, we haven't mentioned Justin Simmons yet. Justin Simmons with kind of a couple bounce back games. He's been playing very well the last couple games, and I really, really am enjoying watching him uh, come out. I it, eleven picks on the season. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has eleven picks on the season. He throws one, and if you were to put your last hundred dollars, who would it be to? 
Well, I mean, see, that's I, I would just go Simmons because he loves picking off Pat Mahomes. Um, but you know, Sertan. That's where I was going with it. Sertan, the way he's <laughs> playing right now is another really good option. Um, you really, and you know, they've had they've had a lot of those just fluky interceptions too. Just guys balls bouncing off a of guy's hands. Um, Mahomes trying to force plays. So that yeah, if it, that's what you want to do if you're Denver, just you know, long methodical drives and, and make make them make a mistake. Wait for them to make a mistake because they might do it. Um, but yeah, the, the, I, that Chargers game plan, which is exactly right. long methodical right. drives, hold on to the ball and then make them make the mistake. And Simmons had his hand on a ball or a ball or two in that game, as I recall. He did. So, yeah, it, it it would not be surprising to me if he broke through this week and, and nabbed one. Um, all right. Well, I think we've talked pretty good on the defense. We've talked uh, pretty in depth on the defense. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Let's go ahead and switch over to the Denver Broncos offense, which has been lackluster at times. And I feel like if there's any inconsistency, honestly, they both have inconsistency, so I can't say that. But if there's been any real inconsistencies it's with the offense, at least that's what's been really shown. Um, First of all, I want to talk about this because I didn't get to make the Bourbon Broncos No BS show on Tuesday night. So I want to I want to talk about this for just a second with you, David. Is Drew Locke done as a starter in the NFL right now? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think there's there can be any question of that, considering what we saw um, out of him again in his limited relief action last right. Sunday against the Chargers. Um, you get you get two you kind of get two real I mean that, that those were his that's his third strike right his first strike was I mean I wouldn't say a strike but get, losing the job in the first place uh, and then he gets two opportunities to go in there and just I I don't know what we were watching man like I, we were out there we were watching him come in we were kind of like all of us kind of like, like a sigh of like uh you know but what. I mean, the fumble, the almost the interception, the I mean, there was just so many things that's like, what are you doing, man? Uh, I, I think you mean Drew Locke, who led us on a touchdown drive in that game. Uh, I think that's what you're talking about, right, Jared, when he are came you, out and led a touchdown drive? I... <laughs> the, the capped um, off by a third and nine Javante Williams run. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> because man. we had to keep giving it to Javante Williams yeah, and Melvin Gordon just, the entire drive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think we've wasted uh, wasted. No, that's not that's not a nice way to put that. Um, I think we've used enough time on this podcast <laughs> discussing Drew Locke's impact on the team, which we hope will be minimal going forward the rest of the year. Um, absolutely. So yeah. Teddy's back. We know it. We love it. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater as our quarterback. You know, for as much crap as people give him, um, obviously there was a couple situations where they're all under the microscope right now. I think with a a team that hasn't made the playoffs in five years, every single player on this team is under the microscope, except for the rookies who seem to be shining the brightest. However, Teddy Bridgewater coming in under the microscope, he played very well last week, and you could definitely tell the difference between that's kind of why I wanted to bring this up. You could tell the difference when we have a a decent quarterback back there that has an idea of what he's doing. Um... Do we, before we get into the matchups, let's talk about just overall. Do we stick with what we talked about on the Bourbon Broncos? No, you, you guys talked about no Bourbon Broncos, no BS. Me and you talked about on the on the drive home from the game. Do we stick with Vic Fangio coming down saying, you're going to hand the ball off 30 times this game um, to Pat Shermer and Pat Shermer having to hit that goal? Or do we kind of go back to what, 
I, yeah. throwing the ball if we need to. I say double down um, on that run game. And I know you're not going to have Melvin Gordon. It looks like he's really the only player for the Broncos that's not going to be able to go this week. Um, and and that's a, that's a bummer because he's been playing really well. Um, but you have in Javante Williams a guy who, you know, you gave him his career high carries of 17 carries against the Cowboys and he got you 111 yards. He's definitely ready to take over a starter's load. Um, and I think he can be a real punishing force against this uh, Kansas City defense that has definitely been improving, uh, especially against the pass over the last few weeks. Um, but I think they are very susceptible against the run still. Uh, you've got Chris Jones, who they finally, I don't know what possessed them to try him at defensive end uh, for a good portion of the beginning of the season, but he's finally back at his defensive tackle spot where he's a natural uh, and he's absolutely demolishing teams again. Uh, so especially with, you know, Reisner's got the back issues. Um, the, you've still got Quinn Miners in there, a rookie on the other side. I, I, I cannot imagine them, you know, lining up in the shotgun and throwing 35 times this game under those circumstances. Right. You, you've got to run the ball a ton. Absolutely, and it goes back to what we were talking about. You, you have to go with, especially against high-powered offenses, which the Chargers, the Chiefs, both of them are considered high-power, quick-strike offenses, you have to control the clock, and you have to control the ball and let them make the mistakes. And the only way to do that is running the ball. And we, we all know how, um, you know, with Melvin Gordon out, we might see a good heavy chunk of Mike Boone, which I yep. think would be very interesting this week yep. because that was an off-season pickup and an, an injury that was unfortunate, but an off-season pickup that I think um, – a lot of Broncos country was pretty excited about, uh, specifically in the special teams, but having him as a running back, we might be able to see him break out a little bit. And, you know, I've talked about this before from a coaching perspective is it's very hard to scout a guy who hasn't played uh, for that team specifically or in that that scheme. So it's very difficult to scout that guy. You don't know what kind of runner is. I mean, I, I'm going to see here. I'm not going to lie. I have no idea what kind of runner Mike Boone is. Is he a power back? Is he an elusive back? Like, I have no clue. So it'd be interesting to see him get a couple touches. And I'm interested to see. The other thing I'm interested to see in this game, and I don't know the answer, is are they going to treat Mike Boone as they treated uh, Javante Williams as the number two, where they kind of alternated different drives? Or is it just going to be, you know, Javante Williams is now our Christian McCaffrey and he's the guy that's back there 99% of the time. Right, right. That's a good question. I, I, I feel like it's probably going to be closer towards the latter. But, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how they distribute those carries because I agree with you. We're, we're going to see some Mike Boone. I just I have no idea how much. Um, and like you said, it'll be really interesting to see what kind of guy, what kind of back you're getting from him production-wise. The, Absolutely, uh, I I, I do want to. I just want to mention on it because you talked about that offensive line. I love the fact that we're getting some of these guys back. Interested to see how it turns out because again, we had a very very good run game against the Chargers defense, so it's not an easy defense to play against. Now, other than Jones on the defensive side, their front seven aren't super scary. You know, other than Chris Jones, their front seven aren't super scary, and they've had a lot of run uh, run plays against. I think we can pound the rock. I think we can run the ball all over these guys, control the clock, and keep running out. But um, it really comes down to how how the Broncos are doing up front. I'm interested to see with two of our four starters back. I guess, sorry, we have uh, four of our five starting offensive line from the beginning of the season back, and I think we only had one 
last week. Right. So yeah. it'll it'll be interesting to see uh, the difference because I think those backups, talking about next man up mentality, those guys did so well. Yeah, but it's it especially is going to be nice to have Garrett Bowles back, your left tackle, um, Melvin Ingram, Frank Clark. Uh, you know, sometimes Chris Jones, they still line him up at defensive end. So you're going to, it'll be good to have that, that protection on the left side. Uh, you know, Bobby Massey, Cam Fleming played pretty well uh, filling in for Massey. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be good to have Bobby Massey back too. He's been quietly the best right tackle we've had in years. Um, so yeah, really good to have those guys back. You hope Dalton Reisner's back is okay. Um, you know, with my, with, with Moody, uh, with Reisner and uh, I'm sorry, Miners in there already. You're already yeah. starting one guard, at r- rookie guard. You know, it's not that Moody's played badly. It's just having that that youth and inexperience in at guard in a game like this. It, it's just, it's not. It can't be an advantage to you. So, right. Yeah. You're talking yeah. about two 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 rookie guards and a sophomore center. It's it's difficult. Right. It's definitely right, right. difficult. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's great to have those guys back, those reserves there, um, and that veteran presence too. I think is going to be really important. But yeah, another reason to run the ball because Garrett Bowles is a mauler in the run game, uh, and you know Quinn Miners, that's his strength. Dalton Reisner, I think, is his strength too. Absolutely. So yeah, absolutely, run the ball with those behind those guys all day long if you can. I'll ne- I'll never forget Dalton Reisner throwing. Um, oh man, who was Philip it? Lindsay. it- yeah, Philip Lindsay into the end zone because yeah. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, was he was like stopped on the two yard line and just took him and threw him in the end zone. Yep. Um, okay, let's let's move on the way out and and here's I, I want to talk about this with you, David. So disappointing point in the season to see Noah Fant not being probably one of the top receiving tight ends in the league, specifically with the way that our offense runs. You know, run first, pass second, and then kind of jump dump off a lot of dump offs, a lot of. Uh, outlets and usually tight ends are pretty good at that what's going on with Noah Fant what do you know what's going on with Noah Fant I have no I got nothing for you pal I got yeah. no yeah I've got no insight um yeah it was it was we were all really hoping it would be a coming out party for Noah Fant this year just hasn't happened for whatever reason um you know maybe next year I, I don't know what to say maybe he has a huge game this week uh, maybe he starts to turn things around this season I, I have no idea but hasn't happened yet so far you hope that everything's going okay with him mentally, physically. You, you know, I think we, we're finding out more and more as these NFL seasons go along that, especially mental health wise, you have no idea what's going on with dudes. So, absolutely. Uh, you know, you, I, you, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a fant issue. Yeah. I just, I just feel like, and, and maybe, I, you know, I don't look at, I'm not a, looking at tape every single day. I'm not watching these guys every single day. So I don't know, but I feel like he's open. I, I don't think it's the case that he can't get open or he's not playing physically. I, I feel like we're just not targeting him enough. Um, however, as we as we talk about this, we have probably some of the best receivers in the league. Regardless of how you look at it, or regardless of who's throwing the ball, we have some of the best receivers in the league. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, uh, obviously back, which is nice, and Tim Patrick, all those guys. Resigning Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton um, last week was a huge, a huge deal for Broncos country, and I think everyone's super excited about it. Um, we have some targets. We got some big guys that can make some big catches and big-time mm-hmm. games. So who of those three, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, and Cortland Sutton, needs to have a breakout game against this DB against this backfield, right? And against the cornerbacks, um, the cornerbacks, Legereus Need and uh, – 
Charvarius Ward. I want to call him Denzel Ward. I don't know why. Uh, Charvarius Ward and Sneed aren't playing very well. However, the backfield and the safeties, uh, Tyron Matthew, the the Honey Badger, always playing very well. And and surprisingly, Juan Thornhill having one of the best seasons of his career um, in the backfield. Who do we need to target? Where do we need to go with the ball in order to take advantage of this Kansas City defense? Well, so in Rashad Fenton, their their slot corner is going to be out, um, one of their better defensive backs this season. It's really just a question of who gives you a good matchup. And, you know, all of these guys, Patrick, Duty, Sutton, have the ability to just get open on every play. And I, I think that's true even against some of these more talented guys uh, in the Kansas City backfield, even, even Tyron Matthew. Um, don't make mistakes. And I think that's what Teddy Bridgewater is going to be, is going to be really good at this, this game is just not trying to force balls in there. Uh, Cause that's when, uh, Matthew will make you pay. Um, if you get greedy over the middle, if you ignore a safety and coverage, uh, if you try and go over the top on somebody and you, you miss him lurking, he's going to grab that ball really quickly. He's very, he's so good at it. He's shown it so many times. Uh, and against the Broncos specifically uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be crucial for Teddy to play his Teddy game where he keeps the ball out of harm's way. But I, I also think he's going to play his Teddy game in that he's not going to be afraid if he sees a matchup back there that he likes. He's not going to be hesitant to try and throw the ball down the field into the intermediate or deep parts of the, of the field because he knows all of his receivers can win a matchup for him. Which I think has been uh, kind of a long time coming. Something we saw in the preseason a little bit, and I think we we're expecting more specifically. You know, we saw it in the first three games against pretty shitty opponents. We all know that, um, but we, we didn't see it in some of the big time games. Like push the ball downfield and trust your receiver to make the play. And um, I think he's starting to see that. I think he's starting to do that a little bit more and making a little bit more risky, risky decisions and plays and. Uh, and, and it's paying off for us. Uh, some of those back shoulder throws, we got a big penalty uh, against the the Chargers. I think it was a back shoulder throw. I want to say it was to uh, Patrick. Um, so yeah, I, I like I like that we're pushing the ball downfield. For me, I think Judy has a breakout game this this year mm. this week. I think I think this is Judy's coming back game from the injury. Um, and because only because I think his speed is. He has the ability to break the top off at any point. He has the ab- ability to get the ball at the t- from 10 yards from the line of scrimmage and make a 20-yard play somehow. And I think that's what we need to do. We need to target Jerry Judy, get him the ball, get him the ball in, in open space to make let him make a play because uh, he's going to make the defenders miss. He's going to make the defenders uh, pay, for lack of a better term, Um and, and get downfield. And I think that Jerry Judy has a big breakout game this week. Yeah. And like you said, the, the slot corner, their number one slot corner out for this week. And I think that's a big piece. Now they got to move some guys around. They have some issues, not issues, but they have some, some backups possibly playing at, at those slot corner positions. But Jerry Judy in that slot, I think, I think we have a good matchup there. How, how, how much are we missing KJ Hamler right now? Man, it was just going to be really, really cool to watch him evolve this year in this offense. Uh, man, you know, just running, running deep, open on post routes, on go routes, on deep crossers. I don't know. Uh, it, it makes me sad when you say things like that. Man, why you, uh, <laughs> you got to bring me down, man? Like, hey, hey, look, I was just, I'm just saying, like our receiver room. This is probably the best I've seen our receiver room in years. 
I I can't remember having four just top receivers that that you don't even have questions on can be the guy. Right. And um, I I just I love it. And one of the top tight ends again. I wish Noah Fant would break out a little bit. Um, stop putting him into block. I don't think he's doing super hot there. Mm. That's the one thing. I feel like he's he's a glorified uh, wide receiver a little bit um, because he's not blocking very well on the inside. Um, but yeah. Um, oh, and then shout out, um, uh, shout out to Saubert for getting his uh, first touchdown very first uh, touchdown with the Broncos. His career. I, yeah, of his and career, I wanna, and I want to see him, and I want to see Okawebenam, and I want to see Fant out there all together as many times as they possibly can. Give me that 13 personnel uh, and just steamroll over the cheese. Come on. Absolutely. It. You won't. And you know what the best – You know the best – You won't. Yeah, you won't. You won't. You know what the best part about that whole thing is and just because those guys are, there, are, are out there, most of the time you have a three tight end set, and it's like, okay, there's absolutely no way they can throw the ball right now. With those three guys out there, you're like – uh, okay, they could probably they could probably yeah. throw the ball. To these guys, I mean, these guys, do, these guys have speed. They got have this physicality. They might throw the ball here. You could throw the ball. You could do play action out of that with that formation. Oh my god! Oh, you'd have to. Yeah, you'd I, have well, to. Anyway, um, let's roll into a score prediction, Jared. What do you What do you start? What do you think? How do you feel the Broncos stack up? We've been talking optimistically about their chances all game, but this is it. This is where we put our money where our mouth is, or not. What are you thinking? Here's here's my thought process, and and I'm wearing orange goggles right now. Oh, oh. I'm wearing the orange goggles, and and here's why: no visor, but orange goggles. No visor, but definitely the orange goggles right now. And and here's why: normally, after if if you have a big game after a bye, coming out with a big game after a bye, you'd like to think that the team got together and figured some shit out. Right, and and this is kind of some intangible stuff, and I hate talking intangibles. You know, I'm a, I'm an X's, we're both X's nose guys, we're both like matchup guys. But as I'm looking at these matchups, this the last 37 minutes of this podcast, as we're looking at this at this uh, these matchups, there's nothing here that really scares me. There's no one on one. There's no big like, oh, this is going to be a, a game changer, and this whole section outdoes this other section. Like the whole offensive line beats the whole defense line. We don't have that in this game, and I think that's why I'm I'm wearing those orange goggles. If we come out and play with heart, and we come out with and play uh play hard, which is what we saw against against the uh the Chargers. And maybe maybe it being a divisional game, and maybe it being at night, and that's the other thing. Being a night game, I'm a little skeptical on that. But so let, let's talk about score prediction. I'm wearing the orange goggles. I think this is a close game, but I think we win it, and I think we win it uh, by scoring 27 points mm. to the 24 points of the uh, let, let's say 23 points of the um, Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Um. I am also going to use the bye week in my rationalization here. Of, um, <laughs> but I am not picking the game the same way as you. Uh, because Andy Reid, after the bye week in the regular season for his career, is 19-3. and three. Uh, 11, uh, let's see, 7-1 and one with Patrick Mahomes. 11-1 and one in home games after the bye week. Uh you know, you talk about maybe the Broncos figured something out after the bye. What if the Chiefs figured something out after the bye? Um, it seems like they, they seem to every year or seem to be able to carry on the success that they were having before the bye, more likely. Uh, but still, I, I agree with you in that I think it's going to be a close game. 
Um, I just, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I can't get there with these Broncos right now. I just, they haven't shown <laughs> me the consistency that I, that I think they're going to be able to show up and perform week to week. You know, they stomped the Cowboys and then came back against a, you know, I think an opponent we all can agree is less, lesser opponent than the Chiefs, the Eagles, and just completely laid an egg. So I, I can't get on board with the fact that they're going to be a consistent team. I think it is a close game, but they probably, I think, lose 28-21, something like that. Uh, that that's, that's my score prediction. All right, David. You know, I'm a betting man. Uh, we have the Ragers show, which you mm-hmm. guys, mm-hmm. if you're not following and, and subscribing, go check out Ragers, R-A-Y-G-E-R-S. I'm a betting man, David. How about we do this? If the Broncos win... I'll wear a puffball on one of our Bourbon Broncos No BS shows. If the Kansas City Chiefs win, sorry, no, sorry, the other way around. If the Broncos win, I am doing this wrong. If the Broncos win, you have to wear a visor on one of the Bourbon Broncos No BS shows. However, if the uh, Kansas City Chiefs win, I will wear a beanie, a puffball. That's a bet all day long, sir. Bet That's a all bet. Yeah. All right. You know I'm a betting man. I'll take it. Um, I'm 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 super excited. Am, am I gonna have to send you a visor? Do you even own a visor? Yeah. There's literally no chance I have a visor anywhere in this place. You're I'll find you one. Send me a visor. Yeah. Find me I, a visor. Well, I'm not from California, but maybe I'll have my mom deliver one to you or something. Sounds good. That'll be good. all right. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. All right. Well, any any final parting words for the fans? Uh, by the way, uh, podcast specific. You heard it here first. So we're not going to mention anything to these guys about this bet until um, possibly the Tuesday show when one of us shows up in a different headgear. And uh, you heard it here first. I hope that you guys are listening and um, paying attention because on the Bourbon Broncos No BS show, make sure you guys mention that you heard it here and that this is where where it's at. So uh, any closing thoughts, David? Um, If the Broncos do win this game... It's going to show it, it will. I'll, I'll be back on board again for better or worse. My, my heart will be, you know, ready to get hurt one more time by these, this Broncos team. Um, I just, I, I don't know yet. You know, it's, it's you know, we, we've talked a, a bunch of times this season about crucial tests for the Broncos and oh, this week's so important. This will tell us who they are. We just haven't found out yet. I'm not sure if we'll find out this week either. Um, but it, yeah, again, if they do win, you know, if they, if they stack two division wins in a row, one on the road, boy, it, mm, you're, you're going to have a hard time talking me off the optimism train. Yeah. So I'm on the optimism train, but I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think right now, and, and the cautious part of it is a couple things. One is Kansas City Chiefs. We haven't beat them in 11, 11 straight games. And that's, you know, we, we could talk stats all day, but each each season's different, but any given Sunday. And the other part of this is that night game. I th- I'm a little worried about this night game thought process uh, with the Denver Broncos, having having no experience with some of these guys, specifically the rookies, other than the one Thursday. Uh, short week's different than a long week, which I, I, I'll give them that. But um, in the primetime under the lights, I think it's a little different. And um, I'm super interested to see how we come out and how much energy we have in a night game compared on a way night game mm-hmm. compared to, um, you know, a home uh, a morning game. So yeah. 
that's 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 where my optimism, my cautious optimism, comes from. But I do think I think we have the team. I think we have the talent. I think we have the the uh, the focus. I, I think we have, and people are going to hate me for this. I think we have the coaching mm. to be able to beat an Andy Reid Kansas City team right now. This is where it has to happen. And if it, if that and going back to what you said, if if we win, you're super optimistic. If we lose this game, if we get if we lose this game by more than two scores or uh, two scores or more, we're going to go back to where we were after the Philly game where it's just like, okay, another game we got to talk about, you know, right. and, and right. I don't want to be, I don't want to be there. I want to be that guy. That's like, Hey, we're, we're leading the AFC West and we're going there. And that's, that's what I want. It'd be nice. Is that too much it? to ask David? Can, can we just, can we, do we need to call up Pat Shermer? Do we need to call up Vic and be like, Hey man, look, you're making it really difficult on us right now. Just back and forth thing needs to stop. Yeah, that's it's. I mean, we can call him. Let's let's give him a call right now. <laughs> um, I don't know that it's going to do any good. I, I agree with you, but uh, we're just going to have to. The only ways to find out after they play the game, Jared. Absolutely, it the is. only way to find out. It is absolutely well, David. As always, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I hope you guys enjoyed this, and uh, make sure you guys are hitting that subscribe button. Make sure you guys are sharing this with all your friends and family. Uh, I know you have a lot of options for Broncos news and Broncos content, and I'm really happy you guys choose Orange Weekly. We, we I really enjoy uh, sitting here every week and talking football with you guys. So. Um, Make sure you guys are hitting that subscribe button and hit us up on the Facebook, Twitters, Instagrams, MySpaces, OnlyFans, and uh, JDate. So without else, anything else being said, David, uh, we always end off on a good, strong Go, Go Broncos. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.